The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. Now, all this week, we've been offering different opinions um, from different contributors in relation to the upcoming referendum. And this morning is no different. The referendums on family and care taking place on the 8th of March. And joining us now this morning is Karen Kiernan, CEO of One Family Ireland. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Great to have you with us. You, I suppose, and the organisation advocating for a yes, yes in those upcoming referendums. Um, Why do you feel it's important to get both of these elements of the referendum changed? Well, I suppose just to tell you a little bit maybe about One Family, the organisation that I'm representing today, we were set up as Cherish back in 1972. It was the first organisation in Ireland for unmarried and single parents. Um, So at that time, it was very difficult for women who became pregnant and they weren't married to be able to actually keep and raise their own children outside marriage. So our founders did that and then they started getting in touch with each other. Um, Our founder, Maura, put an ad in the Evening Herald and said, are there other unmarried mothers out there? And there was an absolute deluge um, of of women who needed help to either uh, because they were pregnant or because they had um, had to give up a child um, or because they were trying to do it on their own. So look, 52, 53 years later, we're still here and the founders, some of them we've lost, some of them, most of them are in their 80s and they will really, really want this change. They really want the constitution to be changed and updated to include their families, to include unmarried families. And that for us is why we're out campaigning. So we are a, a service organisation and we we work around the country, helping one parent families with employability or counselling or how to separate well and various issues that people have and the challenges that people face. Um, But for us, this is really the most fundamental thing that people have wanted for over 50 years. So we're hoping that people will agree and go out and vote yes for all the children and parents in unmarried families. Well, we're talking, first of all, about the family amendment. We'll move on to talk about the care amendment in a moment. Many of the contributors that we've had during the week have talked about constitutional reasons as to why they think it should or shouldn't be changed. Maybe you might shine a bit of a light on some of the practicalities, the differences it would make in the lives of of different types of families. Should it be changed? Yeah, Um, there's been a lot of confusion around this. And to be honest, we think it's very simple. The Constitution is the bedrock of all our laws, but this is mostly a symbolic change. So what this means is at the moment, the language is that the only families that are recognised or protected in the Constitution is a family based on marriage. And so what the wording is saying is that it would include other durable relationships. And we know from the Electoral Commission, that means other committed, continuing relationships, lasting relationships. So that includes children and their parents outside marriage. It includes a long-term cohabiting couple. It includes unmarried parents with their children. And we've also uh, been told that it includes kinship carers who might be those grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles who step in to raise a child when the child's own parent can't do that, which again is very common in Ireland. So at a practical level, not much will happen straight away. This is symbolic. It's about inclusion. But I don't know if people remember the John O'Mara case. He was a man from Cork who had to go take a case to the Supreme Court um, just last month because he and his partner were not married. She died um, quite tragically and he has three young children and the Department of Social Protection would not give him a widower's pension. 
because they weren't married. So so they now have to do that because that man had to go to the Supreme Court. So in the Supreme Court, he wasn't considered a family because the Constitution won't allow that. So the reason he got the pension was because his children were young. And the, so the and difference he was, it would make... he was the biological father of those children? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. They were a family as we all know them, as we all live in them. They're families. You know, 43% of children are born to parents who aren't married to each other. This is a very, very common family form. But because of our Constitution, he couldn't be considered as a family by the Supreme Court. So, so... For his purposes, he will get the pension, but it means the next family that comes along um, who are not married but are together 20 years, whatever, they won't be considered unless we make this change. So the practical differences are that if someone is really being discriminated against and they take a case up to court, the court can look at to see are they a durable relationship and and in, if they are, and it does mean long lasting, it does mean committed, it does mean uh, inalienable rights. There's all these, you know, protections in the constitution. So it's not any relationship as some people might say it is. Um, if that's the case, then they will be looked at as a family. And that's a good thing. That's an inclusive thing. It's a positive thing. You know, so I'm thinking of um, Breda uh, from Finglas in Dublin. She's on our board. She has two children who, are who were born in a constitution family and two children who were not born in a constitutional family because she got married at some point. But that doesn't make sense to, to real people because we know we all love our children just as much and they love us. So I suppose it's a symbolic thing that includes people so that when they're in a pinch or when the state is discriminating against them, they can go to court and be considered a family. And just using that example of the person who had uh, two children um, while they were married and two children while they weren't married, would the state currently treat the relationship between those children and their parents differently, even though they're all siblings within the same um, group of people? It would in the constitution, yes. So, so, I mean, it is treated the same in legislation. So, you know, child benefit would be the same. Obviously, all the children go to school. You know, there's nothing silly like that. But in terms of, of needs or in terms of protection, if she had an issue, her relationship with her children, her children would be treated differently. Yes, by the Constitution, if it went to court. And there are still discriminations between married and unmarried families and tax and social welfare and between one parent families and two parent families. So I suppose this, you know, this would be a very strong message from voters to say, actually, government, we want you to treat children equally. We want you to treat the families we live in equally because this isn't OK. And to Karen, treat people differently. And Karen, as you pointed out there, there the constitution is probably slightly different from what actual happens in practice on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of access to children's allowance, schooling, uh, details like that. Is there really a need to change the constitution um, if the day-to-day -day logistical elements are in place anyway? Look, I suppose I'm thinking of Mary. She's one of our founders. She's 83. She had her son back in 1972. She has been going out, working her buns off up and down the country saying, please, will you go out and vote yes so I will feel like I am a family. 
And she cries every time she says this. So it means something to people. It's like marriage equality for same-sex couples and for gay people to go, oh, we've finally been seen and recognised. That's what it's like for a lot of people in one-parent families or unmarried families. So I suppose at that emotional level and symbolic level, it's huge because otherwise the electorate would be rejecting these families and that would be incredibly difficult. But you're right, at a practical level, it's not going to make any immediate difference. And I suppose that's one of the things that people who are conservative in their thinking and want things to stay the way they are, are trying to confuse the issue because they're isn't any difference to child benefit. There won't be any difference to things like that. But it does allow organisations like us to go to government and say, look, will you please start treating people the same? This is what the electorate said. We need to make things more equal. It's not okay to discriminate against uh, children and their parents because of the families that they live in. Now, marriage is still protected. Marriage still has a privileged position in the Constitution, so that'll always be above other kinds of relationships. But it would be a strong message to the state and and to each other to say we value all families. We know what family is. It's about love. It's about caring. It's about worrying. It's not just about whether you're married or not. That doesn't make sense to most people because that's not their lives. And yet that's what our constitution says. So that's why we're asking people to go out and vote yes, yes on the 8th of March is to bring all of those families symbolically and practically in under the constitution. I'm speaking to Karen Kiernan, um, CEO of the of One Family Ireland, about the two plebiscites that we're going to be asked to vote on. And um, We've talked a lot about the structure of the family there, Karen. Moving on to the second of those two proposed amendments, the care amendment, um, being sort of uh, colloquialisms t- talked about being... Uh, the amendment in relation to a woman's a woman's place in the home. Again, you're advocating for a yes vote on that. Why? We are for two reasons. There's two parts to this amendment, um, as I'm sure your listeners have been hearing. Um, one part is to take out the old sexist language about where a woman's role is or her duties. Um, because I suppose, again, our organisation and founders, you know, fought alongside feminists in the 70s for to abolish illegitimacy, for to remove the marriage bar, to get contraception, you know, things that many of us today can take for granted, but actually were not available only a short time ago. And this language is very outdated. It doesn't reflect the reality of women's lives. And we also know that really the only mothers that were meant there were married mothers. So it never included single mothers. And in fact, um, when uh, uh, lone parents who were in, on social welfare payments back in budget 2012, there was a whole change and they had to become available for full-time work when their youngest child was seven. Um, the Attorney General said that that clause didn't apply to them. So it hasn't done anything for any women over the 87 years and it, it just feels very outdated and sexist and we would like that to come out of the Constitution as many, many people would. And what's proposed to go in is a recognition of care within families, which is the first time that will ever be included in the constitution but it's also a gender neutral recognition it doesn't say that it has to be women so we know because we work with separating families all the time that dads parent dads take care of children dads love their children and and also care for family members who need supports 
And that that has never been recognised. So it's a really good opportunity for men to be recognised um, as well in the constitution in terms of care within families. And that care and supports within families could be for older people, children, disabled people. And we all know that we will all give and receive care and supports during our lives. So it's a much more inclusive, contemporary way of of. of emphasising and supporting what people who do this invisible work of care and support within families, what they may need. So we're very supportive of it. And is it not true, though, that uh, a lot of the commentators would suggest that by uh, removing that reference to a woman in the home, it's actually going to diminish that very special bond between many women and, and, and their children? Well, we don't believe so. And there's of the hundreds of thousands of, of mothers and parents we've worked with over the 53 years, that has never come up. People's relationships and emotions about their children and their families are theirs. But for many, many people, that feels like a very sexist, outdated language around their role. And it feels restricting rather than reflecting something very positive. And I suppose not all women are mothers, not all women not all mothers are married mothers. So it's a very exclusionary thing there, actually. It's only for some people. So why not take out that language? Um, it hasn't done anything for women. Women are much bigger than just in the home. A woman's place is where she wants it to be rather than in the home. And that may be in the home, but it may not be in the home. So I suppose for us, that's a that's a really clear one in terms of um, gender equality, in terms of supporting mams and dads, men and women in all the complexities of their lives. Mm. This is a this this is a very positive, progressive um, movement. Karen, as I've done with all of our contributors during the week, I just wanted to put a flavour of some of the text messages that we've had uh, to you. Um, this text is saying, if people want to be classed as a family, go get married. Simple. 20 million euro being spent on wording that has been fined for decades. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't, not everyone can get married or wants to get married. So for us, this is very much about unmarried parents and their children, single parents. They don't, they may not have anyone to marry. Um, there's many unmarried couples that we know and we probably know in our own lives who don't want to or can't get married. So, so why exclude them from something so basic when we all know that families are about, as I said, love and caring and support and worry. And it's such a good positive positive opportunity to recognise and reflect that in our constitution and to show these families that we see them and, and we appreciate them. Um, you know, th- 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 this is this is this shouldn't be about just ex- having certain people with uh, rights and protection in the constitution. It, there's enough there for everyone to be able to be recognised and supported in Ireland. And we're we're a country that has voted very progressively in recent years to bring people you know, into the light and included. And this is another very positive uh, two amendments to our constitution to do that. So we'd really encourage people to please make a plan for the 8th of March and to go out and vote yes, yes on the 8th of March. Please don't stay at home and think other people are going to vote. We really need all of you to do it. 
Well, Karen Kiernan, CEO of One Family Ireland, thank you very much for joining us on the KCLR Daily. And just after the news at 11, we'll be talking to Senator Ronan Mullen, an independent Galway senator, um, who is uh, calling for a no, no vote. Uh, please feel free and um, text or WhatsApp us. It's always nice to have your views to put to these people. 083 306 9696. The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online, and on smart speaker. But thanks to the Fair Green Shopping Centre gift card, the perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie.